type of stuff's gonna be like a drug. Like you're gonna sit there, you're gonna be like, man, this is awesome, it's a lot of fun. And all of a sudden, you wanna get back into it. Like, man, I can't wait for next week. Get, get your last little stretch in. Freezing all loud, smacking all loud. You already know who this is, man. Like you said, Jeffrey Higgins. Welcome to 285 Live, Episode 5. We are joined here with my special guest, my friend, my mentor from Germany, Mr. Joshua Bergheiser. Thanks for having me on. Oh yeah, no problem. And you know, we like to get intimate with our guests, so, uh, and we want the people out there to know who you are, since we have both our audiences out here watching us. Uh, will you give the people a little intro of who you are as a person, and how you kind of, you know, see the differences between Dayton and Atlanta because we kind of showed you around a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I think I'm not one who likes to center on, on differences. Right. Uh, but I'll mention a few differences. I mean, it could be there are similarities, contrast, yeah. and uh, compare, you know. So I, I first, I'm Joshua R. Burkheiser. Yeah. I wrote, Hi, My Name's Charlie. It's a uh, fiction novel about a serial killer named Charlie mm -hmm. um, who is falsely accused of uh, a crime that he did not commit. Right. So he is trying to track down that serial killer. Um, and it's, it has a lot of twists and turns. Mm -hmm. I think it goes, I think it's, uh, I think it's a fairly decent storyline. I, I enjoy it. Okay. Uh, I, I've read it several times since I wrote it. <laughs> I know some of my people out there, they're into the true crime. They, they watch a lot of stuff on Netflix, stuff on you know, Hulu. Yeah. Um, it's actually, from what I've seen, has been, has been a, Prime topic for millennials to see, you know, serial killers. Yeah, especially women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think there's nothing scarier than sleeping next to a female who fell asleep watching. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stuff. Um, especially when they're making whole shows about how how to get away with murder. Man, yeah. Um, That's good. But, but yeah. So I after I, I published that, um, I decided to open up a uh, all my social medias. Uh, and through some experimentation, I realized that there's uh, a big draw for true crime. Yeah. So uh, using, I, I have a degree in psychology, and I have some background with, with law enforcement, just a little bit. Um, I won't go into that. But okay. I, I got that when I was in the military for the first couple of years. Um, so... Yeah, yeah, I just do true, true crime stuff, stuff and um, a lot of author things, things and a lot of videos. Uh, I am from Dayton, Ohio, for now. Uh, <laughs> Why for now? Well, I, I'm, I'm originally from the desert in Arizona, right. so I don't tolerate the cold as well as... Yeah, I don't like, I don't like cold either. And I know in that area it gets real cold, especially by the Ohio River, oh, uh, yeah. the Great Lakes, you know. Yeah. All that, all Chicago. You really, really hit on both sides of yeah, Dayton yeah, there. Yeah, Chicago, um, Indiana, all that. It's just freezing cold. The worst cold you'll feel in your lifetime. And I've been to Germany and I've been to Korea. Um, I haven't been to Alaska, but for me, being in Chicago or Detroit or, you know, Grand Rapids, Michigan, it's freezing and I hate it. So it, it made me even hate snow. That's, that's how I feel. That's why I live here in Atlanta. No, I, and I, I, I totally understand that. I, uh, yeah. So, so uh, while I love Ohio, mm -hmm. I love Dayton, I love its history. Yeah. For those of you who don't know about Dayton, um, it's the home of the Wright brothers. Yep. 
the home of two very famous serial killers, uh, which isn't for this podcast, but um, it's also where Shawshank Redemption uh, was shot oh, at the really? prison there. Uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of things in that area that are really incredible, mm-hmm. incredible historically. We have a Packard, the car museum. Um, it's just, it's a really incredible place. So, um, you know, just speaking candidly, uh, you know, things don't always get to where you want them to be when you're doing shows like this and stuff, but we are going to have a good conversation. Uh, my co-host, Sir Garrett, will be in the building a little bit later, uh, so we're just going to keep going with the flow. Um, again, Joshua Burkheiser, he's a mentor of mine from Germany. Uh, I remember the first time I met him, he was actually my, uh, if you know anything about the Army, it's called an NCO, uh, basically your leader. And he was the person who picked me up. And I remember... Oh, yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. I remember hearing uh, his name for the first time, Burkheiser. And I was in Germany, so I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, they're sending a, a German guy to come pick me up? And I'm already, like, kind of shaky. I don't know too much of German. I know it from middle school. I know a little bit of, like, uh, you know, how to say thank you and hello. Donk shit. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, they're sending uh, Sergeant Burkheiser here. And that was just so intimidating to me. I'm like, okay, this guy's going to be like some, you know, hard A guy, like, you know, all about the Army, make me do seven miles. But, you know, you can't judge a book by its cover. Uh, so this, this episode is titled The Me You Don't See. Um, so when I did end up meeting Joshua, um, really cool guy down to earth, uh, he invited me over to his house. Uh, there's uh, one special quirk that I want to talk to <laughs> talk to the people about. I about get so him. much flack for this. It's, it's, not, it's not a bad thing, okay? It's just a, a difference, you know? We all are different. He's from a different way of life than we are. So when you hear sweet, uh, when you hear iced tea uh, down here in Georgia, you you definitely think about sweet tea, uh, the sweetest tea that you can think of, like McDonald's tea. If you get Remember the, the dollar sweet teas from McDonald's, you, you get them and you're like, this is diabetes in a cup. That's how we used to drink our sweet tea. I, I don't really drink that like that anymore. I've gotten older. I can't handle that much sugar anymore. It's not that great for you. Um, but that's how we drink sweet tea down here in the South. I went to Mr. Burkheiser's house. <laughs> he, he offered two choices. He said, do you want tea or do you, or do you want Coke? You know, he was like, iced tea or Coke. So back then, I used to drink sweet tea, like Kool-Aid, or I used to drink it like water. Uh, I asked for the tea. I got the tea. He brought the tea to me in a nice, large glass. I'm like, oh, man, this guy's so hospitable. That's awesome. I take a sip, and I just stare blankly like, this is, this is uh, not what I was expecting. This is unsweet tea. But I'm going to drink it anyway. I, I persevered, and I drunk the sweet tea. And, oh, I'm sorry. I can't, even, I can't even, like, process it in my brain. I'm just, it's just so much. I'm like, the unsweet tea. I drunk the unsweet tea. And I just, I carried on from there. I don't know how I looked from his aspect and his wife at the time's aspect. But I was, in my mind, I was just like, this is not, this is not what I was thinking it was going to be. But... They brought me a Coke, and we settled things. So that was good. Um, 
I'm pretty much the only one who drinks it too. Yeah. Like even in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so it's not just a. <laughs> no, it used to be up north, pretty much from Tennessee up. Yeah. Uh, everybody drank on sweet tea. Mm. And then over the past 20 years, it's kind of switched. Everybody's on the sugar path. Yeah. And I'm the only one still left drinking on sweet tea. Yeah, because I know some of my family, again, they're from like Michigan, Illinois. Uh, they drink unsweet tea, but they, they always have their sugar with them. So they, you know, they balance out their teas. You know, down here, it's just like, it's already made for you. But you can add more if you want to, which some people do. I'm just like. Well, well we're, we were at IHOP yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now, I'm trying to remember how she described it. I'm telling you, this, this lady, um, she she had to be one of the best waitresses I've oh, ever. Oh yeah. Like her yeah, personality was just amazing. So she came up to my wife. She's like, another don't judge a book by the cover. Yeah, yeah. Because she was not a smiling. No, she, we <laughs> but she was very personable. Very like just hands on. She was giving you everything that you needed. Uh, she brought me a. Uh, uh, cookies and cream milkshake in a yeah. huge, yeah. Yeah, large teacup. So, <laughs> yeah, she was just like, I'm going to hook you up. So, But she came to my wife. She was like, uh, do, we have sweet tea here, you know, with the thug life. And my wife You want thug life? Yeah. Half thug life? Yeah. So my wife was like, yeah, I want it with thug life. And I was like, I was like, yeah, you get your sweet tea. Cause we don't. That stuff came out like certain. Oh, my God. It was, it was so sweet. I couldn't, I couldn't even stand drinking it. But... Um, she went over to Joshua and she she was like, "Do you want like what do you want?" And he's like, "I'll take it, but without the thug life." And she, she was like, "It took her a moment." She was just like looking at him like, "Oh, okay, I got you." She was quick on it. It took her a moment, but she was quick on it. And she brought some. You brought him his unsweet tea. And yeah, I got the Mac Lethal of tea. <laughs> yeah, but uh, she was a great hostess. Uh, she would make references to like Halle Berry. Like, she was like, "How do you want your pancakes? Do you want it?" You know, like light and fluffy, light and fluffy like, like Halle yeah, Berry, or, thick, or, like, and, or uh, Beyonce. Yeah, and Josh yeah. immediately when he heard Beyonce, he's like, Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's just some stuff that we've been doing. Um, I I really wish Sir Garrett was here to get us to go to the the next segment because I really want him to hear what you're about. But we have plenty of stories between ourselves. Yeah, and honestly, I have still discussed the similarities and the differences. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So in, in Sim similar, similarly, between the two cities, right. we are very personable. Mm -hmm. I, I, one thing that stood out to me here in Atlanta, because many people from Ohio don't actually stop in Atlanta; they'll drive through. To the that's next crazy state. because that's how I, I treat Ohio. Like anytime, <laughs> anytime I'm going, I, I, I used to joke with my friends. I'm like, I call Ohio my my piss state because that's all we do. We, it's we your just, stop and go, stop and go. Right, yeah. You know, right past Ohio, going somewhere else. No, we have some great cities there, just like Georgia does. Um, now, I've only stopped in two cities, uh, and that's Atlanta and I think Macon, right? Yeah. We're, the, we're the two. Uh, Dayton is sandwiched between two cities. Uh, I, I would hesitate to call one great. They're both pretty uh, something. Now, Cincinnati, though. Cincinnati is a phenomenal that You were thinking Columbus. Yeah, you were thinking Columbus. Yeah, Columbus... Used to be just a phenomenal place to go to. It, it was it was just a larger version of Cincinnati. Yeah. But over the years, you know, COVID's really affected everybody. Right. Uh, tourism's dropped off quite a bit. So there's not a lot of finances going into Columbus mm -hmm. anymore. 
a lot of jobs have moved out of the city, so people are starting to move more towards the um, less suburban areas, more to the country areas. Right. Dayton is one of those unique places. It's kind of like a, you know, in America, like America's a melting pot. Dayton is too. Okay. Just like Atlanta. And that's it's something that really stuck out to me. There's a lot of similarities here. Uh, not so much size-wise, because you guys, the city envelops our entire Dayton area. Dayton's the largest. Actually, Actually Cleveland, Cleveland might be now, now but Dayton, Dayton was, was the largest area for quite a while. Okay. We, we, we section in areas, just, just like you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like, okay, now, yeah, you're your own city, yeah. but you're also Dayton, right? right? So, so we did the same thing. thing. Okay. Uh, we have all the same restaurants, although I noticed you guys have Piggly Wiggly's. Yeah. And I also, where was the one we went to yesterday? We went to Publix. Publix. Yeah. I've heard so much about that, so it was... Everybody is, like, blown away when we go to Publix. It, it doesn't Publix really even nice. matter the, the area that you're in. It's like you can be in the worst area of Atlanta, and then you go to a Publix, and you're just like, what is the store? <laughs> like, yeah. you get fresh fruit, fresh meat, fresh all of that stuff. Again. You guys, okay, so difference-wise, I've noticed, Atlanta has a very different cost difference between houses. Right. So... This home here in Dayton would be, and by the way, this is a beautiful home. I, I know people can only see the inside, but the outside is, it's a beautiful home. It's more than the tree. It's more than the tree. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into specifics, but we are sitting in a fairly small section of this house. Paid for by yours truly, the military. So. Yeah, so uh, this home in Dayton would cost at least a half a million dollars. Oof. Yeah. yeah, so, so I, mean, I mean, the difference, difference in, in, in... Yeah, I paid about half of that. So. Yeah, so, yeah, so the, I mean, there are some major differences. Things are somewhat cheaper down here, or a better value. Right. Does that, does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so in, in, there's no way in, in Dayton that I could ever purchase this house. So this is, you know, it's very nice to go into, and, you know, I... Also, also, you guys' hospitality levels, hospitality levels are, like, drastically different. Southern, if you came to my place, just because I, I am a hospital person, yeah. doesn't mean that I have the hospitality right. like you guys. Okay. It's, you know, yeah, we, we try to be a little hospitable, you know, just yeah. to honor that Southern hospitality. That's a real thing down here. It's, it's, some people are getting away from it. Some people are not personable at all. But majority of the people in Atlanta, they're, you know, that bring you in and make you feel like family. It doesn't matter who you are, what skin color, you know. We, we try not to get too much into that. You know, we, we try to get to the... Which is unique in itself, yeah. because the rest of the country, not yeah. like that. Yeah. Not like that. I travel all over. I'm telling you right now, it's not like that. Yeah, but beautiful people, 285 Live again, and Joshua Burkheiser's people. Here is Sir Garrett, our, our MC. Yes, you know he's yes, ringing yes, right yes, now. Yes, he's getting his research done yes, right now. Yes, yes. We got noises noise going off all over the place right now. <laughs> for Sir Garrett. So Sir Garrett, yes. this is our first time live. Absolutely. Everybody's been asking for your face, not mine. They've been asking for your face. <laughs> They've been asking Rico, where you at, Rico? And right, been right, for Jeffrey right. Higgins. Y'all gonna get Jeffrey Higgins a little later yes. on in the you know in the year. Uh, but. Sir Garrett. Yes, I am. Say what's up to the people. What's up, good people, Brodies, Brodettes, um, all of Josh's wonderful followers. It is a pleasure to finally be seen and <laughs> be heard. You know, um, I'm very happy, you know, that we're able to 
get with other content uh, creators, right. other influencers, um, those who have a, a creative mindset, just like Josh himself. Very creative and, um, guy. Very creative guy. I'm just, I was just so interested because you know Mad Dog over here was always was, was talking about you the whole time. Like ever since we started, he's like, I gotta give him more Josh. So my guy, cool. What does he do? He's like, yeah, you know, he he he, great, you know, creates his own uh, murder mystery stuff. I'm like, cool, because in my mind, I'm like, what? Like, I have the question, of course, of what influenced you to get, get into that. that. I, know, I, know, I know that. I know, I know, I know. Don't jump the gun. But yeah, um, and so I was like, all right, cool. You know, I, I was always interested to, to, you know, I was looking at your stuff, I was doing my research and things of that yeah. nature, man. So I'm very, very interested to see what you have to say, what your background, you know, what, what brought you to this point, you know, and, um, you know, I'm just excited. I'm excited to hear all this stuff. Um, did y'all already get into the... Uh, we just got into the intro. Um, so let me introduce myself because I didn't really get to introduce myself yet. I'm Mad Dog. That's two Ds and two Gs on that Mad Dog. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at you Mad Dog. Uh, you can find Sir Garrett at... Uh, find me at Sir Garrett D on Instagram. And uh, yeah, uh, Make sure you guys shout out 285 Live. Yeah, and you can you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on YouTube, on IG. We're uh, the 285 Live guys on IG. You can find us on Facebook, um, RSS.com, TikTok. TikTok now. Josh, hooking me up, man. Look, this is all 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 you see right now. The lights, the 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 setup. Josh has been helping me out. So absolutely. If you hear a different quality, if you see a different quality, if you see numbers going up, that's all thanks to Josh. And Josh has been there for me for 10 years now. You know, Josh, I'm not even, I'm not even joking. Like, I'm trying to be as candid as possible, as transparent as possible. Josh is one of the reasons I've gotten married to Caroline. Because when I first got there, I was like, you know, there's no way that I can get, you know, holiday leave. And I just got to where I was in Germany. Yeah. And he was like, man, just go. Like, go for it. I'm like, what? Like, any of my other leaders in Korea, no, they were like, no, you got to be here a certain time. Everybody has, you know, different time periods where they can go and leave because, you know, seniority. Right. No. He pushed me to go, and he was like, hey, man, go get, go, go do your business. Well, handle what you got to do. Make that girl fall in love with you forever. And he pushed me to do that, man. Hey. All of this is because of you, too. That's you know, I'll, I'll take my half. Then, <laughs> yeah, that's right from the <laughs> we, we made up that room. Caroline made up that room for him. So. Yeah, yeah it's a, I'll tell you, I, I've, I've stayed in a lot of places. Yeah. and that I'm glad I didn't get a hotel room. That's a nice place, yeah. Yeah, no, no hotel rooms. When we got guests coming in, I don't like for my guests to stay in hotel rooms. I like them to stay with us because you're going to be with us anyway. I don't want to keep going down to Atlanta to come pick you up and bring yeah. you over here. You, you live with us. You're family at this point. You're always going to be family. Um, I'm going to check. Got we got some messages. Okay, we got some messages. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. And while he's checking his messages, you know, we, we wanted to give a little. Publix is the best. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Love Publix. Yeah, Southern Yes, yes. That's what we do down here. That's, that's who we are. And, and lovely people, all of uh, Josh's. Uh, followers and stuff. I just want to let y'all know that we do give our shout outs to our businesses. One of them being um, <laughs> that is uh, our, our quote unquote sponsor unsponsored for our hookah that we usually have on our episodes. So if you're here you know, if you don't see us again and you hear little gurgling noises in the background, that's exactly what's going on. 
Uh, two episodes, we found out that this thing lights up. Um, I didn't put the light on it because I was rushing. But it lights up. Yeah. When we go on our ad break, uh, we, we normally do like a small ad break in between uh, the, you know, get some chips in our system, you know, get some uh, <laughs> Jesus juices, I call it, last episode. But just get a little, you know, conversation going so that we can be fresh for you guys, you know, fresh content. Oh, uh, hold on, I, I got to stop right there because you said juice. I see Josh's Mason jar, and I'm just trying to make sure that the man. We talked about it, but go ahead. Unsweet. Oh, yes. Unsweet. Oh. You missed the good stories, but you'll get to hear it on episode five when it comes out on the 26th. Okay. I just. Every time I see Josh now, I'm just going to have, a, like, my back pocket's going to be full of splendor. So I can just go. <laughs> just, just sneak it in there a little bit. We're going to do some uh, concert up in Dayton one day. Uh, yeah, I'd love for you guys sure to come you bring it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have sugar when you come. Uh, <laughs> I just I just had to point that out to y'all because you know I'm very observant and stuff. Yeah. And so, oh man, I'm just like I said, I'm just I'm just very happy to have you know a great mind yeah. here, a, a creative mind and. If you don't mind, you know, if you want to go ahead and jump into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, one more thing before we get into it. Uh, just to let y'all know, we are a rotating panel. Uh, 285 Live, we have normally four hosts. Uh, two of our people couldn't be here today. Uh, Sir Garrett just made it into the building. Uh, he was out doing church work. Today is Sunday, so he was out helping uh, the community around Atlanta. He was giving out boxes and stuff like that, so... We'll excuse him this time. Right. Um, I'll run this. <laughs> he is the, what I call the MC. He's the driver of the segment. I'm just the tech guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's how we handle things here. But uh, before we get into our guest spot segment, I do want to talk about some things that we did yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I'm interested about that, too. Josh Brings, not only, you know, good spirits, good vibes, he brought us some educational material. He let us see into his world, which I appreciate. He uh, brought myself and my wife out, and we took them around uh, different places in Atlanta. Uh, if you want to go more into it, since you're the expert, uh, go ahead. Well, I, I don't want to get too specific. Because, right, yeah. Uh, but just like how you came up with the idea to us, for us to go on those types of ventures. And stuff. Yeah, so that was kind of an evolving decision-making process over the past few weeks uh and you i, I wish some of the people that that are like around me in dayton because uh, i've been so centered on what i was going to try and accomplish here yeah uh but basically i had this generalized idea i i there's a there's a really infamous serial killer here named wayne williams who just pretty much wiped clean a good portion of uh, young children here in Atlanta oh, wow. uh, between the years of 1979 and 1981. Yeah. And I, I just couldn't think of a... You guys have had some incredible history mm -hmm. here. Serial killer-wise, you guys have... A couple? A couple. But that one really stood out to me. That is, because, yeah. Just going on the route that you took us... Actually, we were going 285 most of the time. Like, you know, we started on the east side. Yeah. We started uh, a rec center, and then we went over to a bridge that sat over the Chattahoochee River. Again, we're going to go into more details later, but sure. yeah. um, it was interesting to see the path. I'm like, 
And, and the thing that really, you know, when I, when I try to do a story on anybody, I try to relate it to me, right? So Wayne Williams, to me, stood out because he was also a content creator. He was one of the, I mean, he, he worked for a radio station. Uh, he was a self-promoter. He was semi-personable. A lot of people liked him, uh, which is a trait that a lot of serial killers have. It's, it's a sociopath in them. Yeah. But, but I, I just, he just really stood out to me. And I, I how he was caught was just so unique and so dumb that, you know, I was like, we have to, we have to do this story. So when I was, I was going through and I was like, okay, I want to do these types of shots. And we discussed some of those yesterday. You know, I want to do some close ups. I want to. There was a point where I climbed out over the top yeah. of a, a bridge oh area God. and then was just like trying to get really? this perfect Some stuff shot. That we probably wouldn't do. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe Sir Gary is a little braver than I am. I don't do. I don't like woods. I don't like bridges that sit over water. Yeah, we we went in bridges. Yeah. We went in really. I, I the did woods. it though. I did yeah. it this time. Though. Yeah. For for the people. Yeah. For you. For the people. For you. For his people. For our yeah, people. And, and there were several points where his wife was legitimately scared. Yeah. Yeah. She screamed. There's a, there's a random dude just walked across the bridge. She's just, you know how she is. My wife, my wife can watch a, a kid's movie, and then something just jumps out on the screen, and she just screams. That's just, yeah. <laughs> but she, she, she persevered, and we did the thing. Wow. So my, my, my very first content video, I don't remember if you... I, I don't know if you remember making this comment, but you said it's the Bill Nye of murder. Yes, right? yes, yes. Okay, so I have I've taken that and I'm just like, oh, I'm running it's, it's that. Great. I like that. That's how far I like that. I mean, I, I love Bill Nye. When I was a kid, I was yeah. like, his his the way he comes on the screen and he's like, I'm bringing you into the world with me. And that's that's the type of feeling I got when I was watching this video because it's not like some plain professor who's like, oh. You go, there's this guy who killed these people here. He's like, no, um, come on with me on this journey to see what, where, and how they were, and what they're thinking. And he's like, he's not giving, he's not giving, you know, opinions or anything. He's doing his right. research. Mm -hmm. You can tell he knows what he's talking about. Um, he's showing pictures and all types of stuff. His setup, I love the colors. I love yeah. the, the, the hooded guy that's got, uh, Charlie. Charlie, yeah. yeah. Uh, so much branding you can do with that, but go ahead. I'm not going to steal your thunder. No, it's and I, I can't wait to go back to the the stories I write because I write several different things. I can't wait. Yeah, uh, but uh, so I can't, especially when I get to like the female serial killers. I cannot wait to get into talking about that. But so yes, you know. So when I got here, I was like, okay, I have this generalized idea. I have this path I want to take, and I also want people to understand that there is a tone. Right. Right. It, when people read it and you're watching it at home, you know, you you don't you don't get the feeling of the tone of what happened unless the narrator is expressing that emotion, right? So when we were going through and we were filming, it was important to me that when we were capturing the moment, that individual was giving the seriousness level of it. Yeah, and I'm not a, I'm not an actor. Yeah, I, I am monotone. I, I barely can emote unless you see me like you know off screen. But when I'm on screen, I'm just like, <laughs> like there were several reports. Like how I basically just trash the guy who would do that. I would do that. That's the type of person I would do. That's why kind of like a deer in the headlights. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cameras, cameras are just not my thing. I can do it now because I'm comfortable in my house. 
Yeah. But when I'm outside and doing that thing, that's that's his lane. I'm try, I'm getting into it though. I love it, you know, and I I actually enjoy um that type of thing. Uh, I enjoy the the acting, the animation, you know, being someone else for a second because um actually Mad Dog and I uh was helping out his brother with a, a cartoon. Yeah. Uh, he did an adaptation of Scooby Doo and Among Us. Okay. And so we all had to play a different voice, and I was uh, Freddy for the yeah. time. And I had to bring a, a different pizzazz and bring them to life. And I've had people, you know, comment, tags, tell me up front, like, dude, you know, this is, you know, you were, you did a great Freddy, you know, have you ever done voice acting before? I actually have people follow me and DM Hold me. up now. We're all going to need to hear Freddy. Yeah, nah, it's, 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 <laughs> it was it's, just it's that all in the moment. It was just in the moment. Like, I can't, like, like in that moment, it's like, okay, I've watched. X amount of seasons of Scooby Doo, you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. All right, but it, it was always funny to me because you know I was joke like that, like, all right, gang, we're about to go find the killer. Like, <laughs> you go over there, you're like, oh, like, Wilma, uh, Bel- like, like, Fel- uh, Wilma. <laughs> when did Wilma get? I don't know. I was one of them, but it was always, always like, hey, friends, like, hey, you know, I'm yeah. bringing all the girls with me and Scooby and the dog, y'all yeah. going to shag here. Hey, hey, yeah. Yeah, y'all go ahead. Right. So it was, it was just funny. Like, yeah. it was just funny to me That's to, like, be in yeah. character, but then to remix it into something yeah. like, yeah, oh, yeah. you know, something satirical. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm bringing out the ladies with me, and y'all just fit for yourselves. Yeah. Hey, but uh, matter of fact, here's a snack. Y'all leave me alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's, it's, I've always, I've always, you know, thought that was, a great outlet for myself mm-hmm. yeah. because yeah. I was actually the opposite. Like, like how Mad Dog was saying, like when the camera's on, when the camera's on, it's like, uh, but yeah. me, I, I love it. Yeah. You know, I love it because I'm, I'm somebody else for a second. I'm bringing a character that yeah. someone yeah. has had. He, that's, why he's trying, that's why he's the MC. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, you did an amazing job. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, and, I, had and, I had a great The only person that outshined you that day was your wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my wife, she's used to She's used to theater and yeah. stuff like that too. Uh, but I mean, you did a really incredible you, job. You. you know, we I, if you think about it, that one take we did at the uh, well, I don't want to get into specifics, yeah. Yeah. but we we went to several murder locations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that one scene only took you five takes. Mm. I mean, I can't express to you. That's I, I some sometimes I will run through twenty something times at least on on a shot. You got it in five. Five. Maybe she did it in one. Well, yeah, wait, 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 let me ask, let me ask, wait, 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 let me ask. Was it a scream? Was it just a scream? No, no, no. Full lines, full lines. Okay, yeah, full lines. Um, I did help her out. I had, I had a little signal because she, she could not, for the sake of like, before we start rolling, she was like, oh, there's just one line I just can't get. It was like at the hands or something, and she would just say at the hands at the time. I was like. You say, oh, at the hand. Because I need to stand over there behind him and just do this when I, when I get to that point. That's all I did. Okay. But she did get it. And she didn't know I was filming. Yeah. She did get it. Oh, good. Take. She did get it. She just straight take. walked up, said it, and I said, okay, that's a take. She, she was like, what? <laughs> that's awesome. But we will um, be jumping to your guest spot. Yes. That's why we brought you here. Exactly. We're bring you here so that you can talk about what you know. Um, before we do get into that, I want to know who is your favorite you know, serial killers uh, researcher. Uh, oh, man. Okay, okay so, so first, I have to do some preemptive stuff. Sure, right. yes, yes. I've been all over the world. And in each location, I tried to go to somewhere that a serial killer 
was at. Mm -hmm. right? I've always been semi-fascinated in some form or fashion in it. Uh, so my favorite place to do it was in London. Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper. Jack the Ripper, right? Uh, and I mean, I, I drank at the bar. I ate dinner above it, where the where he where they would have stayed. Yeah. I had uh, I went to Whitechapel. You know, I, I got to see all these really incredible places. Yeah. My favorite serial killer is definitely H. H. Holmes. Okay. And the link between the two is the H. H. Holmes. is a very high possibility that he was also Jack the Ripper. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and the only way that they can't link it right now is DNA. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. So, wh so what? Where did the fascination start? If you don't mind me asking, like where, like what made you think, like okay, like is is it you trying to connect it or what? What? What came? How that come about? So I have major depressive disorder. Okay. Uh, and so I've always been somewhat on the dark path, thinking wise. And so I, when I, I started writing when I was very young. And I think one of the first writings I ever got, like, submitted up for awards and stuff like that, uh, it was a Young Authors, National Young Authors Award or something like that. Okay. Um, and it was, it, was, it was a story about a serial killer, basically. And uh, I just kind of always stuck with that. When, when I was in my, you know, late teens, early 20s, you know, when you're, just, when you're in love and you're just like, oh, love. Yeah, yeah. I wrote a lot of poetry. Right, right, right. Yeah, so you can still find some of that, and a lot of that's published. Um, but, yeah, so writings, though, are almost entirely. I mean, when I went through psychology in college, all my papers are on schizophrenia, schizotypal Oh, congratulations, behavior. by the way. You just graduated. Yeah, yeah thank you. Congratulations, man. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah yesterday, actually, was the, yeah. You know, you have a bachelor's in psychology. Psychology, he's working on my master's in um, uh, literary fiction. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And you said you had a, another degree, right? Associates or? Yeah, yeah I'm an associate. I have two. Uh, one in construction and one in, um, or, yeah, construction. So you can just do it all. See? That's basically what you're saying. 285 brings in another renaissance man. Man. Another one. can do it all. But go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I just like education. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like the environment. Really? Mm. What are we talking about? <laughs> well, it was kind of more like uh, your background, the origin of how you would get into your creative writing. Um, oh, yeah. So I also don't like a lot of people. Right? So in my writings, if I'm knocking you off, I don't like you. Right. Okay. <laughs> Glad you like me. <laughs> so, so, so very much in the same way that Charlie kills people in the book is me writing you out of my life. Wow. Right. Wow. So, so you're basically getting into character when you're. I do that too when I when I write. I don't write about you know serial killers or anything like that. But like when I tend to write about, I'm, I'm into sci-fi like stuff with like aliens and stuff like that. So I usually kind of personify my characters or get into character. Like, I'll, I'll sit there and have a thought about what a character might be doing, you know, if they were trapped in somewhere with an a, a alien. So, so I can get into character and write Yeah. Because you need to be, you need to know who your characters are. So, Absolutely. But going to knowing who your characters are, we're actually going to talk about a list of serial killers that I gave you. Um, yeah, absolutely. The, the challenge that I gave you to look up some of the, some ones that just stuck out to me. Um, I don't know if you want to start or you want me to just name the ones that... Uh, yeah, name the ones that you want to talk about first and then move past that. Now, I, I will say that uh, of the three you gave me, 
one, one is was, was very, very well known to me. Right. Um, the other two, while well, I've heard one of their names, definitely, um, and, and we'll get into that. that. Uh -huh. I didn't, I didn't know too much about them, so I can appreciate you bringing me these two individuals. So the the first one was the stocking, the stocking strangler. The stocking strangler. I was trying to. I was about to say because we talked about two that had kind of a similar name, but the stocking strangler is from Columbus, Georgia, apparently. So I wanted to keep it kind of local. I know that's you know off of what is that? Just down south. Yeah, yeah. Off on on the west side, way west. But in Columbus, I've noticed that a lot of murders are down that way. A lot of rural. Yeah. 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 You disappear, you know, you can go yeah. to Alabama real quick. So. Yeah, yeah, and I, I can appreciate you not bringing up Wayne Williams because he is, you guys, his most prominent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Just wanted to think outside the box because, you know, Wayne yeah. Williams is what we did yesterday. So. Also, a little wink wink out there for anybody who's wanting to watch that video. He may or may not have also determined whether or not he may or may not have actually done it, too. So that's 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 a fun little big. But you're talking about Carlton Gary. Yes. Killed seven people. And as the name implies, he strangled them with their stockings. Yeah. With the victim stockings? Yeah. Well, yeah, he didn't carry them around in his pocket. Yeah. Yeah. But what I do find odd is... is a, a lot of murderers will use, you know, objects of, you know, oh, that's conveniently there. And in that age range, which I think, I wrote it down. Well, I mean, it was the 1970s. So, I mean, 1970s stockings were all the rage. Not so much now, but stockings were all the rage. So, it's probably very easy to be found on hand. Yeah. Are they? Yeah, they're bringing stockings. Oh, okay. But <laughs> I, I don't know how I feel about that. I, you know, but all right. Well. Not that I'm trying to give anybody any ideas. We don't need a stocking strangler, too. But. Nah, we don't need no copycats, no. Yeah, yeah you might be disappointed when you get in there, all you find are trying to strangle them with thongs. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> the G-string strangler. Oh, goodness. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, so... So, so yeah, he is. Uh, he he did all his killing in Columbus and Jackson. Yeah, um, he sexually assaulted them and/or raped them. Then he was strangled to death. Is that a trend for a lot of? Oh, they, because it's sexy when you ask me smart questions like that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. When, I, when I think of like the movies, you know, they they always have some link to either their mothers or some type of like. You keep saying sexy stuff. I love this. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. how it is. It's like, you yeah, know, the Texas Chainsaw. It almost entirely comes back to the parents. Yeah, to the parents. Wow. Yeah. Stuff like that. Almost every time. Like a level of abuse or a level yeah, of... Yeah, like, like abuse. Well, well yeah, so, so there's, there's, there's a huge correlation between sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, or mental abuse with children... And that will eventually turn into psychopaths later. Mm. So, so for all of those out you swinging your hands around your kids, remember, it can come back and bite you later. Oof. Oof. You don't want to come back like that. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not saying spanking's wrong or right. I'm saying throwing belts at their faces and stuff like that. They watch yourself. They grow up. Yeah. Uh, and if they happen to be sociopaths and you do that, it probably will not end well for you. Mm. Also, also, and I, you know, since we're on that subject, uh, Ed Gein is a classic example of this. I don't know if you know who Ed Gein is. All right, so have you ever seen Leatherface? Uh, well, I mean, it's like I think there's 73 movies and shows from like Leatherface off of them. Uh, here's the other one I, I, I'd love comparing him to is uh, Wild Bill. Okay. 
from, from uh, you know, it puts the lotion yeah, on yeah, its yeah. skin, right? right, right, right that right, guy. Right. Yeah, yeah so, so he that is off of Ed Gein. Uh, Ed Gein is a classic example of being too overbearing of a parent as well. Okay. Like, you know, I have not a lot of room to talk. I have two children of my own. Sometimes I can be pretty overbearing, right? But I have to watch myself. And Ed Gein is a classic example of why, right? His mother was so strict and so... Dang, snapped. He snapped. He snapped. When she died, right, he... He went, he went through, through I mean, I, I can't even express to you guys, there is not even a number that they are aware of, for sure, how many of this man skinned, wore around their faces as masks. Wow. Uh, when they went into his home, the, the, he, was, he was a collector, he was a hoarder, is the word, right? The whole house was just disgusting. But his room, the room of his mother who died, immaculate. Hmm. It, was it was spotless. spotless. Wow. It, it almost, almost always comes back, back to the parents. Wow. And, 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 and also sexual, generally any type of murder in that realm is usually sexually motivated as well. That's so, like, interesting to think about when it comes to, at least, like, the, like you said, the sexual side of things. Like, is it more like the, I wasn't able to get it? type thing, or like, is that like a signature in a sense? You know, like, well, I mean, you, you, that's, that's a good question, question but then you, you run into individuals like Ted Bundy, who had no issues at all getting it. None. And I and I've had girls argue with me onto his level of attractiveness. I don't think he was an attractive person. I think that he was so... I mean, yeah, Zach Efron is. But, but, but Ted Bundy? I mean... Not my type. I, I think he was just so confident and so sociable that yeah. people were like, we're attracted to him in that way. Okay. Um, but I mean, he didn't have to sexually assault anybody. He did whatever he wanted, and he still did it. Wow. So that's interesting. Um, so another another one I had on my list was uh, a little bit more uh, famous in that the Candyman, because uh, we see mm -hmm. the, the, the Candyman is more relevant nowadays. Uh, yeah. It came out with a Candyman movie. I can't, I can't keep, keep saying the name, name because I feel like... You said it three times. I did already. <laughs> I did already. <laughs> what? I'm sitting here counting. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, hold on. I'm looking at the wall. I'm like, like don't let me be one less host. I'm telling you that right now. Because I'm not getting caught up in nothing. Oh, my God. I can't even look at the watercolor reflection type thing. Right, yeah. It's five. You are three. I'm at three. So we're not going to say it two more times. I'm like, you say Let me help you out <laughs> we're going to say the candy can. The candy can. Well, uh, so let me start by saying the candy man from the movie doesn't have crap on the real candy man. Right? Uh, so he, uh, his name's Dean Arnold Correll, I believe. Or Coral. Coral. He was active from 1970 to 1973. And they don't have an exact number, but it was he raped and killed around 28 probably 28 uh, oh, wow. young men. Uh, he was actually in the Army for a bit, too. Actually, quite a few serial killers were in the service in some form of fashion. Most come from the Air Force. You would not think so. You would think it would be the Marines, if I'm being honest. Yeah, that's, that's what I would probably say. That's not a slam on the Marines. I'm saying no, I, no, I, I assume. As a, as a you know, level of intensity, the Marines were known as like the hardest yeah. service out there. Like, the Definitely the most controlled. Yeah. The Air Force is like loose, and you like can do whatever you want. I mean, Air Force guys on our base are like 
basically in houses. Yeah, we're yeah. just sitting there, just like in these nasty looking barracks. But hey, yeah. that's a different story for this time. <laughs> More stories are coming later. Yes. But uh, back to you know, he's in the candy man. Yeah, the candy man. All right, oh. so <laughs> sorry, it's like, too late. You're yeah, already said a whole bunch. Oh, so man, lock uh, the door. Yeah, that's four. Oh, he said it like seven. No, he counted. Ah, oh, man. But the reason that he is called the Candyman is that <laughs> is that he is his mother owned the Coral Candy Company. Oh, okay. And so before he joined the military, he was working there, kind of just selling the candy. Uh, when he came back from the military and got out uh, for mental issues, when he got out, he he started working for them again. And he, what they would employ these young men. And, and he, he kept, kept the pool table in the back, yeah. and the pornography and stuff like that. And he would, well, yeah. rape the kids. Yeah. I don't know how else to put that. Yeah. But, what's but what's interesting, interesting about the candy man is, is, is the first off, he was never caught. Wow. He had two partner killers. Really? Uh-huh. And they were both young men that he also raped, but for some reason did not kill. And he turned them into little killers. Hmm. Finally, one of them had enough of it, snapped, shot him himself. Hmm. Yeah. So he never got caught, and both of them were sentenced to life sentences. Now, oh, okay, never mind. You took the answer to the question before I can even <laughs> ask it. Because I was about to say, did anyone else take up the title? The mantle? Right. No. Hmm. Because, you know, like, I, I, of course, you can't compare apples to oranges, but, of course, the, the whole, like, the Saw series. Yeah. You know, like, how... Then they actually found the, I guess you can call them game master. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone else ended up taking it based off of their mental, you know what I'm saying? I got lost during those movies. Like, I was up to the third one and I was like, okay, I'm tracking. The fourth one, I was just like, is that a prequel? Is it like, right, right. And then they was wrapping it, they were pulling like the first movie and the second movie, and mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I can't do this. I, I, I mean, I know I can't, I can't compare. The actual, you know, fiction, the fiction. Correct, but it's just the the concept. The concept comes from someone, you know. So that's the reason why I was asking. Yeah, yeah. And this is important. This is very important. It's going to be very important coming up in the upcoming video. Sure. During those years, there was over ten thousand people involved in a large pedophile ring that he was linked to. As well, another serial killer from the Atlanta area. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, so it, that's going to come up important later in the videos. Sure. But I think it's important to recognize that this ring is not just a rumor. Right. It's never been shut down. It still exists to this day. And it was just as powerful in the 1970s as it is now. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important to... To mention. To mention. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that, and that is linked to the candy medicine. Okay. And there was one last one. Um, again, the name escapes me. I'm not really a, a good name person anymore. I do know he was in South Africa. Oh, oh Moses Sithall. Moses. That's what his name is. I should remember that. It's Sunday. But so th- there's a lot of serial killers out there. I've, and a lot of them have some pretty high body counts. Most set around the average of seven. Uh-huh. But Moses was pretty... Uh, you, know, you know when you do things, you either do things to excess or you do things partly at all, right? Correct. He's one of the people who did it to excess. 97. 97. Yeah. yeah. 97. Here's what's really unique about him. Every one of them was female. Huh. That's different. Uh, that usually, you know, you get bored with one gender and you move. Correct. Or, or if you're just like a killer of opportunity, yeah. you be anybody, right? Do you think for his case it was more of like a power dynamic? 
I don't know if you, you reached anything in the, the research that you did. So, so I, I don't want to... I, don't, I, don't I think, I think most of this stuff is sexually motivated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, when, when, when you start to talk about the, that high in numbers, you talk about one gender. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would say probably sexually motivated in some form or fashion. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but yeah, he, he was in South Africa. Yeah. He was called the ABC killer. So that's, so that's how most people know of him. Okay, the ABC killer. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you can find his specials on Netflix, Hulu. They're, they're yeah. He, he's almost as well known as Jack the Ripper. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, so just to wrap up this segment. Uh, oh, well, oh, we got to talk about the fathers. Of- oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. I was, I was saying the, my portion of asking you questions. Oh, okay. But I do want you to go to the, the he already mentioned the fathers of it. So go ahead. So, so wait. <laughs> I, I didn't mean, I didn't no, mean to yeah, I, tried, yeah. I tried to drive to a different segment, but I should have gave you a heads up. But the, the one, when you think serial killers, you have to think, I mean, okay, so names and serial killers. First one's kind of mine. Zodiac. Zodiac, yeah. yes. That was going to be mine. Um, let's see. Uh, you told me Charles Manson is a string killer, right? Well, he, he would be a different type of string killer, yeah. Because yeah, so. he, he, he had his, for lack of better words, his girls do it for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. A little cult he had going. Yeah. Um, there was... Uh, I mean, the Texas Chainsaw Killer was wasn't he a real person? Or the, the family is based off of somebody. Yeah, the family in Texas. Um, I can't even. Can you think of any more? Like, because we talked about Jack. We talked about. Uh, Not the top of my head. Um, the only one that stood out to me the most was the Zodiac Killer because he was just it, to me from what I've read and understood, like he was just so his stuff was so encrypted. Yeah. That it was kind of yes. hard to really figure out who he was. And I, I love piecing puzzles together, but I never took the time to actually like sit down and be like, okay, like let's try to piece these puzzles together. But based off of like you said, uh, uh, some of some of the the well-known killers are so infamous mm-hmm. that there's shows about them, there's adaptations about them. Yeah, it's almost romantic. Yeah. To the point where it's just like like I, like I said, I've always been so fascinated into what what drove people into being like, okay, well, let's make a show out of this because, you know, this is catching everybody's yeah. eye. Or, or if there are legitimate fans of serial killers. You know, not necessarily in a oh, way yeah. of, of copycat, but just oh, more yeah. like a, like what's what drove them to like, oh, yeah, I'm a big fan of this. You know what I'm saying? Like what's... Oh, man. So, uh, you wouldn't believe the amount of groupies that right. these serial killers have. Right. I mean, it's, it, they have just as many as Led Zeppelin. Right, exactly. The ones who will physically travel to the prisons and have carnal relations with them. Yeah, right. Sometimes even marry. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. Yeah. Um, Charles Manson got married to, to a very famous woman yeah. at the time. You know, uh, She ended up eventually, obviously, not being married to him. But, but yeah, uh, it's, it's a very common occurrence. I mean, it's just such a... I think there's a romanticism to it because it's such a. I think people are attracted to powerful people. Yeah, that makes sense. And is there anything more powerful than having the ability to take somebody's life and get away, and, and, and get away with it for as long as you do? And that's that's yeah. that was what I was about to say because it's like they found a way. Because we always say uh, we always say that what is it? 
uh, those that are in jail are not real criminals because they're the ones that got caught. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or those that... So, like, someone who is able to elude any type of attention, any type of detection point, like, period, it's like, how do they do that? You know, like, how, how do they get... Because me... I'm snitching on myself. I still <laughs> like. I'm gonna take it, and I'll probably take off, and then all of a sudden, I'll, my my conscience yeah, will yeah. eat me alive to the point where I'm like, I gotta say something. To yeah, somebody. that's that's the biggest difference. Like, you know, having that conscience. Like a lot of people, I don't know what they're thinking about, but you know, to me, it seems like for their conscience, they're just like turn. They can turn it off. You know? Yeah. And or it was never there at all. Or never there at all, and they, they just aren't bothered by it because you, you know you see. You know those eerie pictures of them. If they did get caught, they're smiling in their photos. You know. When yeah, it's it's disassociative behavior. Yeah. behavior is what it is. It, I mean, you just it doesn't bother you at all. It's just that's what it is. It's a fact. So could it be in a way? Because I I read when uh in the first World War where there are a lot of uh men in service that had an issue taking another person's life instead of. When they set up targets, instead of saying, you know, kill that person or shoot that person, it was shoot the target. So desensitizing the person. Yes. Is, is, yeah. So you the, know what I'm saying? Yes. The military and the police, uh, they use human-shaped silhouette targets. And there's a reason for that. It does subtly desensitize you to what you're, what you're doing. Right. Um, and I don't see an issue with that. But what, if I'm being honest. But my right, my thing is, but what what makes a civilian? Because it's different when you are sworn to protect. It's different when you are defending your country. But when you have a regular civilian, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What what could be? Well, we already talked about the different types of abuse and things of that nature. So your primary target is already completed. What step? What makes you stem out from there? You know what I'm saying? Because the target that you had initially was gone. Like for a lot of these, a lot of these serial killers, like you were saying, was majority of the time their parents, or it was someone that resembled a woman that they were obsessed with. Oftentimes, their mother. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, I mean it's true. I know. It's, it's, I know. it's the Oedipus. It's, yeah. yeah. Right. So, at, at what point? At what point do you go ahead and change? Like, what what makes you change from that? That uh, ideal target. Yeah. That's the part that kind of is is so interesting to me mm-hmm. because I'm like, like once like if I if I'm given an assignment like let's just let's just say it like that like if it's a, an assignment homework not to desensitize what they have done right, 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 right. but your objective is clear your objective is completed now what? yeah so where do you go from now? In, in the same way that when you go to pick up a new hobby. Right, mm-hmm. like, like I, I do on my free time, I like to do card tricks. Mm-hmm. Right, once, once I, learn I learn a card trick, on to the next. One. I don't go. All right, then I'm done with magic. Right, exactly. Right, it's the next. What can I get away with now? What can I? What can I do to increase the thrill of it next time? Correct. So the, okay. So it's important to understand how the mind works. Right. Right. Uh, we've all been to school here. We all have a generalized idea of, of, of how the body physiology works. You have your prefrontal cortex. Yep. The thing that stimulates it up there are a series of chemicals and hormones. Correct. Uh, dopamine, serotonin. Uh, it's, just, it's this incredible influx of, of these chemicals that literally determine decision-making, yeah. right? When I go out and I 
climb up to the roof, and I jump off, and I make it. I'm just this huge adrenaline rush. I'm like, whoa, I'm stoked. So when you have things like ADHD, um, depression, any of these stuff like that, you are constantly just struggling to stay happy. So you are always going to search for that next adrenaline rush, that next flood of chemical and hormone into your prefrontal cortex. So that's what's happening. They, they, they do it, they're stoked about it, the excitement wears off, and then they're like, oh, what's next? Right? Same, same thing that happens to us, happens to them, except they're doing it in a different format, basically. Okay. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. And it's like I said, this 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 concept is so it's so interesting. Like I said, because I've I've never really went down this realm or went down this road to think like okay, um, which is another reason why I'm, I'm asking you about this because I know you're creative writing. Like it seems like you have to enter into that mindset of you know some of these said serial killers in order to understand like okay. You know, how would my how would Charlie go about doing this, or or um, how would I even get away with it? You know, um, because at the end of the day, you are writing, yeah. influenced by said people, and it's like for your for your readers, it's like okay, you have to make sure you have a, a certain plot twist. Otherwise, like oh, same old such and such, or same generic such and such. So. Um, I love this, man. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is a great conversation and all, but uh, interesting time because, uh, you know, we do Correct. have multiple segments that we want to hit. Um, not to jump off of the serial killer. Absolutely. You are a man of many talents. Absolutely. Um, when I first met you, the first thing that you showed me was magic. So yeah. to me, that's like a completely different realm. You went from reality to, you know, this, you know, the concept of magic itself is like, how, how are you doing that anyway? Like, so how did you get into magic? Um, are you still <laughs> are you still doing that? Um, do you have time for it nowadays? Since you're, I do not have time for it. I mean, I spend uh, on average a week probably around sixty hours doing digital content, writing, and everything combined. And I mean, a lot of people don't realize that when you're when you're running these sites and you're to, to them, it took a few seconds to read, but for you, it took hours to make these, you know. So, I mean, the last video alone took me 48 hours at least, right? You know, between shooting it and, and editing and sound over yeah, it. It's, it's a lot. Holy smokes, man. I mean, just yesterday, that one trailer. We were sitting there. We were sitting there in, in the lab, office. Yeah, in my yeah. for hours. Just it. Wow. And I don't want to throw out any hate on anybody, but Caroline was taking a nap. She did her part. She did more than her part. She got her, she got her stuff done in one take. It was us. We had to do our, you know, behind the scenes work. But so magic wise, no, I don't have time anymore. Do I still enjoy it? Yeah. Uh, how I got into it. I got into it. Uh, my mother was obsessed with David Copperfield. Okay. She just thinks he's the hottest thing that's ever walked on God's green earth, right? Uh, which I, I mean, he's an attractive guy, I guess. But I, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's the rock, right? But, uh, <laughs> right. But yeah, so I, I kind of just, you know, she's kind of started me down that path. And I, I realized I had a really good knack at picking things up very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And I like to fool people. Yeah. Right. What's your go-to, like, uh, 
you know, there's specialties, like some people are card people, some people are, um, what's it called, not deflection, but the... Uh, I, I, I like I like to do mentalism a lot. Okay, right. Yeah. Uh, and if you ever get the opportunity, ask Frank about me jumping into his house mentally in, in Hawaii, because he still is probably like how, how, right? Uh, but but yeah, so I, I like mentalism because I don't have to have anything with me. Right. I do some sleight of hand, and I think it's probably the first thing I showed you. Yeah, yeah, that's what. Yeah, and but. My general go-to is a deck of cards, and that is the general go-to for all magicians because it's something that fits this big, fits in your pocket, and everybody has one. Now, how do you feel about um, was it David Blaine and uh, what's, what's Chris Angel? Chris Angel, the the theatric uh, magical people. You feel like I don't want to knock on other creators, yeah. But I, David Blaine, no, nothing, no hate at all. I think he presents well. Yeah, I like him. He's a incredible creator yeah and he he takes things from other people with their permission right mm-hmm. with their permission <laughs> with their permission and then he, he will he'll turn it and then present it as in a, in a different way but he always credits it back and I, I i enjoy that about about blank what about angel you got anything you just want to say hey i think he's a phenomenal showman he's a, he's a great showman <laughs> I like to start fires, so, though. I know. like the dramatic pause. That's <laughs> he said everything with the pause. Yeah, yeah. So um, sticking to this topic of you know uh, this, the side y'all don't see, uh, Sir Garrett, uh, you are a very physical guy. You're into sports. Yeah. We all know about your sports, yes. y'all. I'm Mr. Baseball guy, and I'm Mr. Football guy, and I can do everything. <laughs> There's something that your wife brought up to me uh, where you were kind of uncharacteristic in uh, the Savage Race. Yeah. The Savage Race. Yeah. What is that about? So, um, Savage Race uh, is kind of like, you know, you got your fire race, your, your was it Tough Mudder, Mud Run, something yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah. So, it's a... It's a it's a large obstacle course um, of about maybe five miles or so, multiple obstacles. You have to probably deal with water, have to deal with mud, got to deal with yeah. just the elements, point blank period. And um, it was my first time ever doing it. Um, I did that with, um, oh my gosh, who, oh, my, one, of my, one of my childhood friends, uh, his name was Drew. And uh, he went ahead and invited me to you know, go ahead and be a part of this. I was like, oh, I've never done it. And at the time, you know, I was in very, very top physical condition. Yeah. Um, probably the best that I've been in in my life. And uh, in terms of endurance, like I had no strength whatsoever, but my endurance was crazy. Yeah. And uh, I was nervous. I was absolutely nervous. I never, ever, ever get nervous about anything. And um, just the fact that it was so unknown to me, I was bugging out. As soon as I, as soon as I got, um, as soon as I got there, you know, I was excited. I was listening to all my hype music and stuff. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. And then I realized I was 30 minutes early. And I sat there and I ran out of music to listen to. And it dawned on me like, hey, uh, there's water involved. And I'm not a water person. I don't like water above my head or anything of that nature. So I'd say maybe 10% of the stuff was water. And I skipped over that. I skipped it. Um, and, but all in all, it was really nice. We had a, a the start off with a quarter run, mm-hmm. quarter mile run, 
And then the very first thing, the very first obstacle was water. Yeah. Was water, uh, ice water to be specific. You had to dunk, dunk yourself under the ice water, get yourself under the board and hop out on the other side like you just got baptized and yeah. Jesus Christ waiting for you on the other side. <laughs> so um, the very last, the most memorable moment for me of that was there was uh, some monkey bars, like rotating monkey bars, I guess you could say. Yeah. And uh, I was watching people go in there and they, there was five bars, rose swinging bars, and they would get to number three, and the, number, the third one was the trickiest one, and they would fall in the water. And I'm waiting for them to get up, and ain't nobody getting up. So I was like, mm, I'm not doing this. Nope, not doing this. And my wife, then girl, girlfriend at the time, was like, no, you got to do this, honey. You know, you got all this money. is on the third. She just wanted to see me squirm. She just loves to see me squirm. So I go ahead and I get to number one, I get to number two, I see number three, hit number three, number three's not moving the way I want it to. Right. At the corner of my eye, I see a lifeguard in, you know, in the far distance, ready for me, ready to jump just in case I go in there. I said, nope, you ain't getting me. Jesus did not call for me today. So I threw my body as hard as I could to get to number four and made it. I thought, like, okay, I'm straight now. But all in all, it was it was fun. Um, there was a lot of great. Uh, there was actually a competition before those that were there for the ha ha's, mm-hmm. and uh, those were kind of like the, the best way I describe them would be more like your Olympians, okay? Because they were in a, a full on sprint in everything. Yeah, they never stopped for five miles. They were in a sprint to every single obstacle, twenty six obstacles. And uh, the ca- they had like a ten thousand dollar cash prize. And I looked at it, I said, like, oh, yeah, you know, I can do this. And after I hit my th- fourth obstacle, I said, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. But um, I did enjoy myself when it comes to obstacles. As a matter of fact, my sister wants me to do it again with her in the Savage Race. So um, I got to start training for that. That's going to be, I think, in March or April, something yeah. like that. And um, it's, it's cool, man. Now that I know what I'm getting into, I'm not going to be yeah. nervous. But... Um, it's, it's fun. I, I like things that are challenging physically and preferably on land. So, <laughs> so they, they say like, you know, right side, left side, your brain has different functions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think the left side is for creativity. Uh, I don't know. Uh, no, that's right. But, so, that's what they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, what's that's not how neurology works. <laughs> what type of creative uh, outlets do you get? Like to, you know, you know we, we have tough jobs. Yeah. So we have to find things that help us unwind. Uh, yeah. For like, I guess for you would be like doing the content creating. You find that to be unwinding for you? No. no. Stressful. Wait, what? More stressful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 Gary, what do you feel like your creative? Not to say passion, but what, what do you like to do creatively? You know what? I'm not even gonna and front. And, and, a, and a lot of a lot of people. Don't the, the folks that know me really don't know this part about me? That's the title left. So. I absolutely love these two things. I love underground rap battles, absolutely love them. Um, just because of the even though it's like you know, it's still talking about you know, there's still gun bars, still want to shoot folks, things of that nature, but just the creativity of folks revolving around something like that or setting their punchlines up in a way that I've never heard of before. I love that because um, I love to be funny and if anything that I can take in terms of my delivery and speech, it's kind of a weird, like I said, it's a weird connection, but 
I, just delivery, if I can learn from them, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, so I like listening. You know, you got, um, of course, you got your Charlie Clips, you got your Hitman Hollers, the guys you see on Wild Now. As you can see, the correlation between being funny and the punchlines from the raps, you know, schemes and things of that nature. Um, for me, I think, outside of that, I love to watch uh, dancers on YouTube. Like, you know, the, the guys, not, not your TikTok ones, but those that are actual choreographers. Um, how they can take words and blend them into physical movement is amazing. And they are athletes in my eyes, too, because they're, you know, the flips, the flares, the head headstands, handstands, the you know, just the flexibility in their wrist to, you know, start doing some of their tutting sequences. Like it's 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 very and it is very technical. Yeah. You can't just be flimsy. You can't just be, you know, just flopping around. You really have to be sharp in movement. So um I'll sit there and watch that stuff for hours. It's kind of my my unwinding. Of course, yeah, you try to mimic the stuff that they do as well. But it doesn't exactly it doesn't work like that. Um, so I'm just a huge fan of dance, I'm a huge fan of, of rap, not necessarily like the stuff that you hear on the radio, just underground, the guys that really are trying to make something of themselves versus those that are already there and really take their, their craft, uh, not as seriously as others. And beautiful people, I know y'all just seen the fresh face join, uh, our, our other host, Mr. Rico. He's out there saving the world, but he's back here for you guys too. So Rico, this is the first time on camera, so go ahead and tell the people who you are. And we're talking about creativity and stuff like that. So I have a special segment for you. I want you to talk about uh, how you got into skating, because that's a that's a big thing I see you do all the time. You skated out on one of the episodes. So go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to the people, and then you know. I go by Rico. Uh, my Instagram is World One. Find me on there. Um, thank y'all for having me today. You know, I'm usually here, but I'm not. I wasn't. Here. I've been here the past couple episodes, and then been all busy. But we are back, and you know, of course, of course. Of course. But how, so, how how did you get into into skating? Skating, man. I always skated from a young boy. You know, I grew up in the early 2000s, so you know, we had a lot of. Skating influences. So you watch like, roll bounce. And roll bounce, yeah, yeah. and you know, you got ATL. So Absolutely. Yeah. Grew up partially in Atlanta, so you know. That was the thing, you know, going skating. I, I wasn't able to go to Cascade though, because I was older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just had to settle for different skating rings like uh, Sparkles and Gwinnett or Sperna, or we'll go to Golden Glide in DeKalb, and uh, I think I have another skating ring in McDonald's. We just go to different ones. Yeah. With, uh, cousins and friends. Now, I skate a little bit. I, I'm like the deer on the, on the track. I'm like, everybody's going around me 500 miles per hour. You are a skater. Like, you, you are out there and you do like the disco moves and the. I mean, I try. I'm not. The, I'm not the, the best, you know. Uh, but lately, I've been, you know, getting my own groove, and I've been getting my friends and buddies together. We've been going skating, you know, uh, and trying to get a groove together. Yeah. So, uh, but it's definitely great. Good skaters out there. Uh, we skated with Shaq a couple of times. He came oh, out. Yeah. Really? A big guy on some skates. His skates. That, his skates is the size of a car. So. I bet. Like, move out the way, Shaq. Shaq can skate. A guy with no coordination. Anybody got coordination. Yeah. He has big guy coordination. It's yeah. different. But, you see, like more awkward. Yeah, yeah you see, like seven foot guys. They can't hardly walk. First off, that's doctor. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, my yeah, bad. Yeah, doctor, real <laughs> news. Just in case he wants to be on the podcast one day, two eighty five live. Doctor, yeah, we're gonna disrespect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Doctor, sheriff, yeah. businessman. We just analyst. passed. We just passed yeah. your uh, Papa John's on, by Georgia Tech. So yeah. you know. Um, 
Dr. Shaquille O'Neal. Hey, run us our Krispy Kreme too. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, and Domino's, right? Doesn't he own Domino's? Papa John's. Papa John's. Papa John's. So, um, skating. I seen you post on uh, Facebook about skating. Yeah, man, I love skating. You're a skater too. Yeah, I broke up with a girl for not being able to do a crossover once. That's crazy. <laughs> Have you ever broken up with a girl because you can't do skate moves? Or you just like. I, or just I, didn't find her back? I find a different girl you speak to skate with. So. Okay. So you just. I got a different partner. Okay, okay, that's what's up. Um, you know, just to wrap up the little segment for creativity, because uh, we're running a little long. Uh, for me, I'm all, I've always been into, you know, creative writing. I have the worst handwriting of all time. Like, I've never seen anybody's handwriting worse than mine. But I love to, like we were talking about earlier, like, be into a character and put it, put it on paper. Correct. Right. And I, I've always wanted to make comics. I've always wanted to... Uh, make like a, a animated series or something like that, cartoons. Yeah. Which I'm waiting to be a part of. Oh yeah, yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get all that in. Uh, we're gonna do all that in 2022. We're gonna be much bigger than what we are now. And what? Um, Let them know. So we are gonna go to our ad break. We're gonna take about 10 to 15 minutes. You know, eat some chips. You know, get a little bit more personable. And then we're going to come back and we're going to go back to Josh Burkheiser because he is our guest all the way from Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio. Uh, Mr. Burkheiser, where can they find you on the socials? Just type my name in. I'm on That's literally it. everything. That's it. Just type your name yeah. in. Just spell it right. I'm even out there dancing like a clown on TikTok. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll do what I got to do. I am the... I sell myself on these things. Oh, so. Absolutely. That's where you go. That's what you got to do. Again, type his name in right. We'll have it out on our YouTube, on Spotify, RSS.com. We'll have everything uh, organized, Facebook, Instagram. You can find us on Instagram. Yep. Uh, you can find Rico at... 401 with a zero instead of... You can find Sir Garrett. Sir Garrett B. And you can find myself at you Mad Dog. Uh, and you can find the 285 Live guys on Instagram. Uh, and now TikTok. And TikTok. And TikTok. And TikTok. I, we have a couple videos out there. He actually is featured in one of mine. Yeah, yeah. So check his TikTok out. Check his YouTube out. Check his Facebook. Everything. He has a book out. We're going to get into his book after we come back from the ad break. Yeah, I'd like to break 8,000 followers by the end of the end of the week. That'd be nifty. That's a good goal. So. We're trying to break 500. So we're trying to catch up to, to Josh. But, you know, uh, y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Peace. Hey, kids. Nah, I'm just playing. But in all seriousness, looking to spice up your holidays? The ladies at Marie's Jewel Events are looking to upscale those tired traditions with sleek and modern ideas. The event business is their business, so let them help you turn plain and boring to fresh and exciting. Give them a follow at Instagram at Marie's Jewel Events. That's M-A-R-I-E-S Jewel Events. Once again, check out MJE to spice up your events and tell them the guys at 285 Live sent you. <laughs> What's good, brodies and brodettes, uh, Charlie fans, Josh fans, whatever y'all want to call yourselves respectfully, we are back from our ad breaks. Uh, if you are joining us live, you see we got our snacks and re-cold re our, our boob, you know what I'm saying? Um, and it's lighting up this time, so uh, appreciate Mad Dog on that. Um, we are back, like I said, with Josh. Mad Dog, Sir Gary, and uh, you know your boy, Re Whoop Rico. And, uh, <laughs> you need a woman for being late. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yes, we are we are back, and uh, kind of one of the things we wanted to talk about here are some of our 
you know, kind of my favorite literature. It doesn't, you know, necessarily a novel, whether it be a, a reading itself. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, but before we start on our favorite literature, we're going to, I like to treat our guest a little special. Absolutely. Let him go guess first. first. Because he is an <clears throat> author. A, the author. The author of Hi, My Name's Charlie. Mm-hmm. Uh, great book. I've read up to the first chapter. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm yeah. working. I've been busy. We've all been busy men. But I'm going to finish it. And I'm going to do a review for our, on our channel for 285 Live just for you. I'm going to do a, a live review. So I appreciate that. So Thank you. Yeah. Tours, our 20, our yeah, 25 so I can show tours. you my appreciation because you, you've done more than your share. Helping us out with this yeah, setup. Thank you so much, man. Thank, thank you. you. But, I need yeah. to hire your wife as my social media manager. <laughs> man, what? Oh hey. my gosh, Caroline was great. Shout out to Caroline one yes, time. Shout out to Caroline one time. Carol Best, Carol Big round of applause. Shout yes, out to Marie yes, Jewel yes. Events. Marie Jewel Events for helping us out with our creative designs. Yeah, yes. Yeah. That's um, how we got started. We're, we're a branding partner of Marie Jewel Events. They, yes. they got us started. So. 285 Live, the uh, Marie's Moving Men. The, mm, <laughs> the, mm, the, mm, that's our mm, other that's our other squad. That's our other venture, so. But back to our our friend, our special guest, Absolutely. Joshua Burkheiser. So I actually write three different uh, things right now. I, I have two more novels I'm trying to get out into the ether. Into the ether here shortly. I'm about halfway through the first or the second book. I started to write the third, um, but I do a weekly novella on Kindle. Okay. Uh, which for if there's any other authors out there, I I I recommend trying to go out and try to get published. Mm-hmm. I really do. Uh, however, <clears throat> Kindle novella is a great way to make a little bit of, um, uh, well, money. Side money. Side money. Yeah, a little, <laughs> little hustle there. Right. But I, I, I would use, like, I use it in a way to supplement my story. So if, if for some reason somebody gets on and they're like, oh, well, it doesn't make sense that one of your characters did this. Right. I have a very easy outlet. To be like, well, it would if you'd go back and read my novellas. Right. Right. Because then I, I supplement everything, and it, mm-hmm. makes, it makes sense when you piece it all together. Right. Uh, so I started off with, hi, my name's Aaron. Mm. Uh, and uh, after, hi, my name's Charlie, the book. Right? So that's, that's this one here. Right? That's the one everybody knows, the website. That's what, actually, that's the Facebook Live, what they're on yeah. right now, hi, my name's Charlie. And we'll, we'll have those links for... Our 285 Live, guys. If y'all want to pick up the book, please pick up the book. Give it a read. Read, Just read. Yeah, just read books. Just read. Just read books. It's time to read books again. It is time to read books. And I, I, I this is probably the pre-health per- portion of me. But, yeah. I, guys, you have no idea how important it is to read just for your own mental health later on in, in your years. Dementia, all these things are, are helped staved off by reading. Mm-hmm. So Correct. Um, but yeah, uh, Hi, My Name's Charlie was a novel. So I, then I started the novella, Hi, My Name's Aaron, as a supplement to explain who Aaron is yeah. in the Hi, My Name's Charlie books. So after you finish reading the book, definitely go back and read that because it's going to start making more sense as to who Aaron is and why she was even a part of the story, mm-hmm, okay. right? Um, and then I was inspired to start telling Charlie's story. Okay. But I already had written Hi, My Name's Charlie. Right. Right, so I, I framed it by using uh, "Hi, my name's Allie," mm. and that's from his his girlfriend uh, or lover, uh, her point of view and how they met. Right, wow. and then it's good, it's growing from there. Okay, um, so I, I love the cover, like for "Hi, my name's Charlie." Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's like, come on, man! Like, how did you think about that? 
So this wasn't actually the first one. You know that I do a lot of graphic design right. stuff, and yeah. the one I submitted was, in my opinion, better. Better. So, so the first one was very dark looking. It had yeah. it had same basic format, mm -hmm. right? Like this, except that it was a it, the guy had on a, a tie, okay, and a suit, and then this was a little bit different looking, but mm -hmm. it was the same basic concept. Right? Yeah. Um, but I I thought it looked very very unique mm -hmm. uh and it, it also when i started to start enjoy these types of books it was around the same time that they were marketing books looking like that okay so i really wanted to push this type of a look right so when i when the when the uh, publisher contacted me and you're like okay so what are your ideas for the covers i submitted that entire full design mm -hmm. okay. they could have just printed it right exactly but they didn't so they they went with this because they wanted to Youth it up. They wanted to be set towards the millennials. Okay. Uh, and that's something else that, that they don't tell you when you start to go publish. Uh, I own all the rights to my books. Yeah. Right? But most authors do not. Hmm. And when they come back and they're like, all right, so we enjoyed your book. It's amazing. You're wonderful, right? However, we want Tina to work in a coffee shop. We oh, want, wow. because they're aging people without yeah. actually saying their age. That right? makes sense. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Do read, I do, when I, when I was reading a lot of books, I see, it seemed like the characters were out of character sometimes, like, just for the times. Like, they would go from being, like, a, a school teacher to being, like, a depressed school teacher. And it's like, that's, that didn't fit their character, like, where right. you're going with the story. Right. And, and how that's decided actually isn't even by the publisher. Yeah. Mm. That's decided by Barnes & Nobles. Almost wow. exclusively. Really? Wow. Their book buyers contact all of the big, or actually it's the top six now publishers. You got Penguin and all that, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They contact them and they say, this is what we're looking for. This is what we want. This is the style of book we want. These are the covers we want. Wow. And to them, it's not a personal opinion. It is entirely math. Mm. Amazon works the same way. Barnes & Noble's works the same way. They determine what's coming out this year. So That's there's right. analytics when it comes to literature? It's entirely math. Oh, yeah, wow. so kind of, kind of books that you get into when you're younger. To Mainly westerns. westerns? Uh, ah. But so the the, the top selling books of all time are in this order: Harry Potter, mm -hmm. of course, we know that. Dan Brown, okay, uh, any of his, but specifically uh, the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, oh, exactly. Uh, uh, right after that are the rest of the Harry Potters. Mm -hmm. Then Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey has sold more copies from one publisher than the Bible. Then Twilight, though. I thought Twilight Time was... out. He said the Bible. Yeah, I know, but... I... Yes. Fifty Shades of Grey? Okay, and he, here's why. You have, when you think classification for top sellers of books, you have to think from one individual publisher. Mm -hmm. The Bible's been being published. Forever. It's, it's, it's literally free trade. Yeah. I can publish the Bible. Yeah. Right, 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 right. I can put the Bible by Joshua. It's free trade. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, do whatever I want to do, and I can print it. Yeah. So you cannot count them in as the number one selling book of all time. Okay. Makes yes, sense. it sold the most copies. That makes sense. I, I, I cannot argue that. But, but I mean, and, and honestly, I would, I would argue maybe not compare that to Harry Potter because... Harry Potter is crazy. Like, guys. Sheesh. Guys. And another interesting fact, it also has the most mistakes. Mistakes? Mistakes. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have seen that. Yeah, I yeah. Agree. And what I love about J.K. Rowling is, is her absolute steadfastness to 
she basically told all of her fans, like, I don't care. Right. <laughs> I remember her saying that, too. Like, yep. I'm going to do what I so, want to do. So, mad props. Because every time when you guys say I have a complaint about my book, I'm immediately with my publisher, like, change it. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mad props to uh, J.K. Rowling. Yeah, shout out to um, J.K. Rowling. We're trying to get... Yeah, the, Dan Brown, J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Um, you need a black wizard, J.K. Rowling. But go ahead. But, okay, so some people were like... <laughs> some people... The, the internet is a strange place nowadays. They were dead set on saying that Hermione was black. And I was just like, huh? Like, where'd you get that from? I read the book myself. So I'm like, that just that was just a new millennial thing. But, you know, millenn- no, I'm not even going to blame millennials. Gen Zers were just like, oh. <laughs> 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 they were just like, you know, all these characters are wrong. You know, uh, Dumbledore, he's uh, gay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I didn't get that, but. Okay, I will run with the story too. I don't see an issue with any of it, and why not make her yeah. body black? Why? Why not? Like, War building is, is the, fun. Yeah, this is we're on the topic of authors and and whether or not somebody should be black or not. Hey, do you guys see the new James Bond? Yeah. How do you guys feel about it? It's okay. I mean, I like it personally. I know at one point they wanted Idris Elba to be. I would have been totally on board with Idris Elba. Same. Personally, as a as a black guy, this may be weird, but I feel like. Characters that were white should stay white, just like characters that were black should stay black. You can't. You, you can can't. make a different alteration of them, right? But like, people would feel some type of way if they make Black Panther a white man. You know? Yeah, they. Oh yeah. They, can you, you imagine him pulling off his mask oh, and being me? So I say, he like, like, you know, you can make an alteration of a hero. Like, you know, there's different universes for Spider-Man. Spider Man is my favorite superhero, but Peter Parker is always. Peter Parker is Peter Parker. It's Peter Parker, and, but you can make a Miles Morales. Miles Morales. Which is yeah, the same thing. I had that yes. issue too because they made Wally West, which is one of my favorite flashes. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's a Barry Allen fan, but I was a Wally West fan because I grew up with the Justice League, the, the old 2000s uh, mm-hmm. TV show. He was a white guy, red hair. Mm-hmm. That was his signature. I was like, exactly. that's the flash. And then the the new Flash TV show and then the, the yeah. new Fifty Two they all just decided to make him a this light skinned guy and I was just like that's not Wally he's black right? and they changed like all of his history I'm like you're you're just doing that for the demographics but that's not who he is and then they tried to retcon it and say yeah. okay that was his cousin I'm like yeah if you but if they would have did that in the first place and be like okay he has another cousin Add a character, yeah. Changing the original like, character, just been like uh, Tyrone Johnson, yeah. The Flash, and we just like okay, cool. I mean, I do it all the time with my books. Yeah. There's absolutely no reason. It's almost like the the and I don't I really don't like slamming on writers, uh, but it's almost like they can't use their voice in Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. It's like the big wigs up there are like no, yeah, no, you couldn't possibly right. And, and a classic example of that to go back to James Bond, they. They, because of the way the world is right now, there you um, go. There they, you go. It, they couldn't even use another man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They were like, all right, well, we're not going to use James Bond's name. Okay. But you guys effectively killed the franchise. Correct. Hear my words. If you continue down this path, it's going to die. Yep. You're going to have to bring back James Bond. I don't know. Casino Royale kind of killed it. I, 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 and I understand. Skyfall that. made up for it, though. And, and yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah Skyfall was good. Skyfall was good. Um, but you got to also remember, Casino Rowell was also Ian Fleming's first dive yeah, into James Bond. So, right. I mean, just like my book's going to evolve as it goes through, so did his. Um, but you guys effectively killed by going the direct opposite of everything James Bond is. is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so good job, yeah. guys. Um, <laughs> 
So we're gonna jump around a bit because you know time is an issue. not not an issue, but our the Atlanta airport. And if you know anything about the Atlanta Trying to get the first busiest airport other than LA. Actually, busier than LA. We're busier than LA. It, 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 it was number one for a while. I think it went to number two lately. Not, uh, not to LA, though. No, not to LA. I think it's New York. But uh, <laughs> I can see New York. Yeah. LaGuardia. Yeah, LaGuardia. Uh, yeah. But uh, just the interest of time, I, I do find, you know, I, I do want to highlight your book. My, uh, Hi, my name's Charlie. We're going to put those links on YouTube. Uh, Correct. It's going to be on our Instagram. It's going to be everywhere. So please, 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 give somebody a Christmas present they will never forget. Because it's an unforgettable title. I love the cover. I love everything about it. I know they changed it, but I would like to see. Yeah, I got, I got it. Yeah, I, I, yeah. we're going to put that out there, too. Yep. But we're going to talk about just different books that we've gotten into uh, when we're in school. Uh, for me, I've always liked books that you can kind of be the character. Like, anytime mm-hmm. they're like, I want you to read a story, uh, you're going to be a character in the book. So I, I like plays mostly. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, sure. Romeo and Juliet, uh, Streetcar Named Desire. Streetcar Named was good. Yeah, and I, I, you know, they they would assign you a character. I, for Romeo and Juliet, I was Mercutio. I can't remember. What? Who I, yeah, mm-hmm. can't remember who I was for. That is easily the best character. Yeah, in the entire thing. yeah I can't remember who that. I was for uh, Streetcar Named Desire, but I remember being mad because even before the middle, they kill off Mercutio. And he's like the best character in in the in the you know play. Mm-hmm. To be fair, Shakespeare did that a long time before your school did. So. But yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I get that. But but what I'm saying is, we, we read the. There's John Leguizamo in the Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio version. Yeah, I, yeah. I actually showed my wife that a couple of weeks ago, and she was she was, she's like, why, why do they have guns and stuff like that? I was like, they try to make it modernize the '90s, yeah. But um, and so just to go to that point, uh, Mercutio died. It made me upset. Then I was like, I'm going to be the title role next time. So we started reading The Odyssey by Homer. And I was like, I'm going to be Odysseus. Yep. Thinking I was big and bad. But then I realized that there's like a million lines that he has to say. (laughs) Inner monologues. So by by the time I'm reading like my 1,500 line for the day, I'm just like, why did I do this? And it's like, okay, you got another But you sounded like him just then. Yeah, yeah. I tried to put myself out there. This is Sparta. And I'm just sitting there just like, man, Odysseus, Odysseus, Odysseus. Who else is speaking at this point? He's just talking to an ogre. And he has his whole inner monologue. And I'm like, man, I made a terrible decision. But uh, other books that I'm into, uh, I, I couldn't get into Harry Potter like that. I got into like the first four. I think Goblet of Fire was like the third or the fourth. Do not kill me, Potter fans. I don't know the word. I'm Too sorry. late. Too late. They got you. I didn't. All of my followers read. Really? Yeah. I couldn't get into <laughs> Twilight. <laughs> there are a thousand people right now going. I couldn't get into Twilight. Um, <laughs> I was I was into the Hunger Games series. I like that. Yeah. Um, oh, that was that great. great. That was one great. of the best selling books. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think it's like number yeah. seven. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, I actually did a a parody. Dramatic reading of Fifty Shades of Grey. That was hilarious. But I bet you did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was my... <laughs> because uh, everybody, during, during like 2000... Please tell me, was that your wedding? No. No, no it, was, it was way before I even, It was before I met Caroline. It was in college. And we were, we were just recording stuff. And I was like, let's just do Fifty Shades of Grey. Because everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing the little uh, dramatic readings of that. And yeah. we were just like, let's make them all black. 
<laughs> <laughs> something stupid. But yeah, uh, Sir Garrett, any uh, books come to your mind? Um, growing up, oh my gosh, in elementary school, I was a huge Magic Treehouse fan. Yes, Magic yeah. Treehouse. Oh my gosh, like I think I read the whole series. Like we made it a competition to read. Every single Magic, Magic Treehouse Everything's series. a competition with you. It is. <laughs> um, I just, I mean, I don't know. I just loved it. I really did. Um, like you said, just getting engulfed yeah. into books and like feeling like you were part of it mm-hmm. and, and, and turning the page. And then once you get to the end, you're like, I got to get to the next one. You yeah. know, each each adventure each adventure was was great. Yeah. Um, once I got older, I, uh, I hit, when I got into college... I took a philosophy class, and one of the biggest things was the analogy of the cave, mm. which at the time, I couldn't stand my professor, because he was a young guy, and he made us think, and he challenged everything, but it pissed me off, because I'm like, bro, this is what I'm thinking, why can't you just understand what I'm thinking, right. and he's just like, well, what about this, well, what about this? See it in a different perspective. Correct, but at the time, I was so one-dimensional, I was just like, bro, listen to what I'm trying to say and agree with it. But that's not the concept of philosophy. Yeah. And the analogy of the cave really blew my mind because what basically what I got out of it was whoever's whatever your perception of reality is, mm-hmm. that's yours, but that's not just the only thing. Like you could be so wrapped up in that one concept and that one aspect the whole time that you don't realize there's a bigger world outside of that. Right. And so that made me Challenge my whole thought process. Maybe you challenge. What challenged my thought process was Animal Farm. I don't know if y'all ever. That was a great one too. Man, I I went into it thinking like, oh, we're just gonna talk about uh, animals, and animals and farms and right. stuff, and then they, they just turned, they, they overthrew the humans and yeah, they, they turned into a you know their whole society and like they back at the barnyard. Huh? <laughs> 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 back at the barnyard, I think is based off of Animal Farm. It's a, like uh, like it's a huge yeah huge but, parody. Yeah, they they go. Is it like a racial thing? There's like, it's political sides of oh, it too. I was like, Didn't the the pigs ran? Yeah, the whole place? yeah, the pigs. Right, because they were so used to. Oh, that's some commentary right there. Yeah, they were so used. Yeah. To see, Senate. See, so Rico, you're you're the youngest member of. Uh, it doesn't have to go that deep. But yeah, yeah, you know. but you're the youngest of two eighty five live. So we had different sets of books. Oh, uh, we had. I, mm, I got one more, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. We take one. Oh, more. okay. Go ahead. Go ahead first. Lord of the Flies. Yeah, Lord I was gonna. Flies. I was gonna mention that because amazing. that's that's got a lot of political reference yeah, too. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Is that like an off-brand of Lord of the Rings? Or? No, 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 no. It's a, it's its own story. No, line, see, yeah. great question though. See, because that, it's, that, a, that it's a generational thing. That would, no, you're right. That would yeah. be the first. Well, they quit teaching in schools. They did. They really did. Lord of the They found it to be offensive. Yeah. I guess the best way to describe it. Do you remember that show, The One Hundred? It was on the CW. Yeah. It kind of it kind of runs along the same thing where you're on this like in, inhabited place and you're basically creating your own civilization. Uh, yeah. And so of course there's I'm all to think of something modern. What's, yeah, I was about to say what's the uh, best way to put it? Uh, what's that? What's the? It's kind of a Hunger Games knockoff. It's uh, the oh. Uh, I feel, uh, 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 Allegiant. No, was it law? No. There, there, there was allegiance. allegiance. Something that was part of the series. Yeah, um, I can't remember, but y'all. But anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go, go ahead, Rico. When, when when you're talking about dystopia, I bet you they know. Yeah, you're going. Well, go ahead. Go I ahead. definitely check that book out. Um, 
you know, when we was younger, we started out with stuff like Captain America. And, uh, I mean, we did. Since Tony B. Jones. We did. <laughs> we did. I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, as I got older, uh, I like, I mean, you, you know, you read, I read things like The Lightning Thief in school with Percy Jackson. Yeah, and Percy and Jackson. That's, yeah, that's a great Potter. book. I really wasn't, Harry Potter was too thick of a book for me. Yeah. Um, but it, it is it good. It is good. Yeah, yeah. It, it, is. It, it was very intimidating. But once you read it, it's not like it's, you know, because I always had a high reading level. That was probably the only thing I was doing yeah, in school was history and reading. Yeah, um, but I would say my favorite book of all time is probably The Giver. Um, Thank you. Know. I was about yes. to say that. Yes. Thank you. You know what? I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I usually like post-apocalyptic movies or like people trying to restart society. Or yeah. I like how he had to give him, yeah. you know, feelings of things. Like the humans take for granted every day. Yeah. We take the... Take for granted things of pain or happiness or sadness when they those people couldn't feel any of that or yeah. seeing color or so I, yes. I love the story and him going and through emotions and finding out new things of just being human. It's, it's Rico just went ahead and just restored my faith because I got so scared because I'm like, bro, I feel like I was the last generation that read The Giver, <laughs> like, like almost. What's your age? I'm 28. 28. Yeah. I'm, 21. And I love that book. I have that book at my house. Oh, it's phenomenal. And yeah. I, they've taken it out of school since, but I really they think they should bring it back. It, have you noticed they're taking a lot yeah. of literature out? Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's so offended by everything. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I, I mean, we got we to I love social commentary. Like, and books have been written in the time period that they're written in. So, of course, we can say, yeah, they were racist or whatever, but that's where the time period that's, they wrote it there in. There you go. So yeah. now, if we wrote books now, in 30 years, they'll be like, oh, these people just did not care about whatever new has been created. Right. Like, new standard yeah, has been created. So they're not trying to offend you. Some people are, but they're not intending to offend you, but they're writing to an audience. Correct. So you got to understand that sometimes. Carolyn, give a band-aid. And, yeah. and sometimes it's like, we can't censor everything. You, you have to just be able to take literature and be like, that's what it was. Take, you can't take it that it's going against you. There you go. Yeah, it's just, it's the, just the weight of the world at the time. We understand that. I, okay, Music so the same way. I'm actually torn on this. Go ahead. Right? Go ahead. And, and this is com coming from me writing. Yeah. If somebody were to come back and be like, I demand that Josh changes uh, how he described Tina. Yeah. Okay. Right? Like, I didn't like that he said she was thick. Right? Thick is an offensive word now. Okay. I want it removed. So I'm torn on this because in 30 years, that could be considered a word. And then right? you're going to have to apologize. Well, I'm never going to apologize. <laughs> yeah, I don't, but I don't apologize for anything. But you know but, what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I Now, if they want to remove the word, so this is where I'm torn. Right now, we all use thick. I'm like, that girl thick, yeah, right? Even right. girls, we use it back. You know, like, you know right. I'm thick. Stuff like that, right? <laughs> right. And, and and we're totally fine with that word. 30 years from now, somebody that could be just completely something different. I would much rather somebody pick up my book when they're... 18, okay, when they're 18 years old, and they, they read it, I'd rather them have a better picture of me than being like, I can't believe you used the word thing. There you yeah. go. Right? So right. Samuel Clemens, or, uh, uh, so I know him as Samuel Clemens. What do you guys know him as? He, he wrote Tom. That's all I know is Samuel, Samuel Clemens. So. Yeah. Uh, all right, so Samuel Clemens, he, he wrote... Uh, a series of books where he uses he uses a gym, yeah. right? I'm torn on this. He is one of the fathers of literature. Mm -hmm. To remove that takes away from the historical accuracy. Yeah. At the same time, 
is it necessary to have inside of the book? No. Why not? Why couldn't you just be called Jim? Right. So like, that's what I'm saying. Like, right. why, you know, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm torn. I, I, I really feel like in 30 years, I would rather have somebody come in and be like, the word thick is offensive. We're going to move it and call her gifted. Right. right. Something. Right. right? I, I, you know, so I, I get it. I don't, I don't like the idea of editing because that's what Hitler did. And I think that's where we get that idea. There's, there's a certain level of sensitivity that we have to have as yeah. a as a community. However, like you said, it's just you have to remember the connotation and the region and the time in which everything was written. Now, I'm not I can't sit here and, con, and condone how they were talking about what, uh, what do you say, Jim? Yeah, yeah, Jim. Right. You like there's 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 certain things. Family guy says uh, N word Jim. <laughs> right. Thank exactly. N word Jim. Yeah. Right. Thank so, you. So, <laughs> and, but like you said, like you have there are certain aspects of time that you have to acknowledge as for yourself as being <laughs> derogative or as being a part of a culture. Yeah. And so, if you can accept that into your mind. Because we're with what's the what's the word what's the word Sen- not sensitivity but censorship. There's yeah. a certain level of censorship that we have to have when it comes to literature that we have to accept as being like okay, let's go ahead and realize the time period in which these things were published versus okay, they were just being completely wrong because at the time that Huckleberry Finn was. Right. They had different wives, multiple wives. Yeah. Right. You have to understand. It, 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 for me, it paints the picture of like what was going on at the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So and that wasn't even at his time frame. He yeah. was writing for a period before. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So now you understand. He was commenting on the race. Exactly. It's a social yeah. commentary. So now you understand a little bit better. And now you can make a change based off that. If you censor everything and then these kids are coming up nowadays, they won't understand how people feel anymore. It'd be like, well, they, yeah, they won't, they won't understand the commonplace of that word. They won't understand that back then. That was, that yeah. was like using the word banana. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, it, it was so common. Right. You know. And, and again, when it, when it comes, when it comes to history, I really, for all of those 285 Live fans and uh, Josh's fans, Please, if you are if you are young, if you're, if you're just going to college, if you decide to go into college, regardless of your age, I highly recommend. This is me personally. I highly recommend you take an anthropology class. Yeah, if you're three years old. No, go ahead. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but I highly I highly recommend you take an anthropology class because it sets the tone. For everything else that comes afterwards, you're talking about culture, you're talking about tradition, you're talking about customs, things of that nature to the point where it helps you understand where the mindset was. Because like you said, we're talking about, we're talking about Jim. Everybody thought those who were of a, let me, I'm going to put it politically correct. Those who were of a lighter skin tone, right? You mean white people? Like Drake? There you go. Oh, my um, God. So, <laughs> I said how to be politically correct. Yeah, I got you. I got you. But you, those, you're gonna offend me. I'm I'm pretty white. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I don't know if you guys noticed. He is white. I mean, I, I'm a little tan. You know. I mean, he's drink sweet tea. He's just on sweet. So it's just. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but those of that time, to to them it was like you said it was the word banana. It was just like yeah. oh yeah that's banana gym. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or but now. It's a great book. 
Thank you. But there's just, but now we understand and acknowledge the past, the negative connotation that comes about with it. Because you got you got to remember your history. You got there's a lot of stuff. Pay attention in school, please do. Pay attention yeah. in school. So there's a lot of things that, that go along with the wording, the diction, the 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 setup, the the writing scheme that sets up these stories, or whether it be fiction, nonfiction, history, whatever, to the point where it's like, okay, I understand where these folks are coming from. I know where I'm at now. I'm not going to use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of being like, burn all the Huckleberry Finn books. Yep. Yeah. You can't do that. Right. Yeah. You can't do that because at this point in time, it is yep. history. Right. It's mein history. Kampf. Mein Kampf by Hitler. Yeah. They haven't edited it. Yeah. And the reason is, is because they want to know, they want people to know where this hate came from. Right. So why are we changing it right. in anything if you're right. not going to change Mein Kampf? Right. I mean, guys, Mein Kampf. <laughs> Thank you. If, you. if you don't learn history, it's bound to repeat itself. Right. Everybody trying to cancel everything out. Do 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 y'all not hear the words that just came out of Rico's mouth? Yeah, he's this got a man lot of is wisdom. this man is very wise. He is a twenty-one-year-old black male in the state of Georgia. the The Beltline, the Beltline, understanding his history, understanding where he's at now, acknowledging said history, and learning from mm-hmm. other from other levels of ignorance. Absolutely. So that's 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 where we're coming from when it comes to this literature. We can enjoy it, yeah. We can understand it, we can acknowledge it, and move forward. That's that is the definition of progression. You just learn to not take everything so personal. Yeah. People have different cultures, you know. Yeah, and, correct. And some cultures, and it's disrespectful to shake someone's hand and look them in the eye. And some cultures, it's disrespectful to cross your legs going their way. Yeah, know? correct. It's, it's dis- and, those and, are things where you can get potentially beheaded for. Yeah, Thank you. you know. It's, as, it's, as, it's good to learn everyone's culture and, and not take everything so personally. And that's something that's that, that we want to do with 285 Live. We want to connect everybody. Everybody. So we are, again, with the interest of time, we're not trying to have him on colored people time. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not PC. So I say, I say this thing off of mine, but uh, I do want to get him to the airport on time. Uh, we are about to wrap up the our segments and stuff like that. We want to get to some of the questions for Josh and people too as well. Uh, any final words for 25 Live before we get back to your, your contract? Uh, just, I, I, would, I would continue down where you guys are going. Don't be afraid to make these social commentaries. Thank you. Never edit yourself. Yeah. Um, your voice is your voice. Yeah, appreciate it. Much yeah. appreciated. Yeah. Um, I, I just thank him for coming out here. Again, Absolutely. if you need to hear the backstory, I, I didn't get to get the backstory for you guys, but it will be, be uploaded. So, but live, I need to tell y'all, this is a special person to me, you know. I've never been the type of person to just be like judging you based off your skin color, your religion, your sexual orientation. If you're a good person with good vibes, I'd love to hang out with you. you know, I'd love to see what you what you like to do. I, I, I can push my stuff on him all the time or whatever, but he came to us from Dayton. Absolutely. He flew here, spent the weekend with us, and showed us... His world, yes, inside of our world, yes, which is, which is great. So I appreciate you, Josh, for coming. Um, you're welcome to come again. You, Please do. That Please is your room. I, I tell everybody that's their room. So if if y'all fight over the room, you mean other people share my room? <laughs> it's Lysol. They Lysol it. Yeah, our, our the way it's been decorated. Yeah, our cousin, I was hoping you install my name on the doors. Our cousin Erica's <laughs> gonna be mad because she. I told her that that was her room, and she was like, 
He took that to heart. <laughs> uh, he had freshies, everything clean, new. Yeah, yeah. The holographic Tupac will come out. He did better yeah. than my little brother. He stayed with us for a month. I gave well, him, like, just a regular He's not dead, so. <laughs> uh, Sir Garrett, final words. Oh, uh, no, you know me. I always like to stay at the end, but go ahead, Will oh, Rico. I mean, y'all have me. I mean, y'all having these chips. I, I mean, y'all probably see the last forty-five minutes. I've been like, I tore a hole in this. Uh, Shout out to Lay, who wanna, who wanna Lay sponsorship. And uh, tortillas. Uh, yeah. what's, what's, uh, Tostitos. Tostitos. That's it. And being from Dayton, I'd like Mike Sells. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad all the guys. I'm glad we had our guests here today. It was, it was great meeting you here. Great mindset, and Absolutely. I'm always interested in learning new things and discovering different demographics and different cultures. Like we're open to that thing on 285. Just like. You know, internationally or around Twitter, I work into it. You know? Absolutely. Mad Dog, give me something. I just gave you something. Give me, give me some more. <laughs> oh, you don't want me to talk about Josh anymore. Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's always been on my mind is Josh. So, uh, you know, it's been a great, great weekend. Um, I've learned a lot. Uh, we have a good setup that we will be taking from you. We'll be uh, appropriating. Learned. I always say we appropriate stuff. We don't steal it. Learned a lot. Uh, we learned so much. Uh, this setup. Spain did that too. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, <laughs> history, history repeats itself in different, different colors. But uh, y'all, <laughs> I would get other bands from the internet. But y'all, I love y'all. I love the questions. I love the people from Wisconsin, Florida, uh, the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen people from Belgium watching our podcast. Oh wow, that's crazy. Wow. Send us your beer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love beer. Um, love beer. Uh, I've seen people from Germany, France, yeah. watching our podcast, downloading our podcast. Yes. So, uh, parlez-vous français. That's all I know in French. Uh, and I'll pass the buck back to Sarah Garrett. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and close it out like this. Um, I'm very, Josh, I'm very happy that you're here. Yeah. I learned a lot. Um, I'm always willing to learn, like what Rico said. And um, it's just very, very cool to have a different perspective. And uh, in terms of creativity, in terms of creation, and uh, I love it. Appreciate you being here, man. Thanks for having me. Outside, outside of this this podcast, man, please come back so we can hang out some more. And man. let's go up there too. Today. Yeah, we'll I'd love for you guys to do an investigation up there with me. Oh my gosh, I would love to. Yeah. I have my Glock out, but um, <laughs> we're gonna uh, do that. we got ghost things up there and everything. Okay, okay. I'm 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 with it. And we're in the holy holy water with We're gonna have the holy water too. So <laughs> and, I'm gonna go and ahead. maybe a cruise. Maybe a cruise. So I'm gonna go ahead and close it out like this because I've been told by one of my friend, my one of my friends, one of my fans. I love to close it out like this. 285 Live, like we said, we are a part of different spots of of the city. We are going international now. We're going national now. Um, go ahead. We are a part of different sections of Atlanta and different sections of the United States. Um, if you want to go ahead and come down to Atlanta, please take 285. Listen to us at the same time. Go ahead, put your seatbelt on. It's going to be stuck for a while. So. Don't come it around will. 5 o'clock. Dude. Don't come around 5. Try to terrible. But go ahead, put your seatbelts on. Use your blinkers. Get off your exit. And if you miss it, spin again. We'll be right back. Yeah. 285 Live, we are out. We love y'all. We will see y'all again. Episode 6 coming what soon. Yeah. We are out. 285 Live is out. Yeah. Peace.